This podcast is produced by EnergeticCity.ca, your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To support local news and this podcast, go to EnergeticCity.ca slash join to find out more. Welcome to the podcast Secrets of the North, a podcast about true crime in Northern BC. I'm your host, Emily Gallen. And I'm your co-host, Spencer Hall, and this is not an episode. Once a month, we'll drop non-episodes, and then we'll talk about various criminal topics. This month, I'm going to talk about web sleuthing. Web sleuthing. Web sleuthing. Web sleuthing. Okay, let's talk about that. But before that, I think you have a secret to tell me. Okay, I'll tell you a secret that's not mine, but one of my close friends. Okay, well, you're kind of ruining the secret because now I just have to go through your clothes. Although you have a lot of friends, so yeah, I actually I will je- I will never be able to tell. You'll never know. No. So, so just recently or in the last couple of years, her mom found out that she had a half sibling. A what? A brother. Oh. So they grew up in the area, and her grandpa liked to spread his seed, if oh. you will. <laughs> And, and apparently, her grandfather had fathered another child with the neighbor. Oh. And so her mom grew up next to her half-brother. No. Yes. And then this was found out, like, when the mom was, like, an adult. No. Isn't that wild? That is wild and also terrible. I know, but it's so wild. That is. Well, I mean, that's a secret. And, you know, we asked for him and we got him. Uh, but... You know, as I was saying, uh, if you have some secrets that you want to share, you got some to get off your chest. Um, we're gonna we're gonna sweeten the pot for you a little bit. Uh, sweeten it, sweet. I'm sweet it for you. Sweeten it you with some old wine, baby. Yeah. Well, actually, uh, you know how I am gonna sweeten it is through this uh, mulling kit for mm-hmm. for red wine. So what you're gonna do is it's a little packet. It's got. Um, some cinnamon, some cloves, some allspice, some sugar, you know, all the things to sweeten it with. And it, you know, tis the season. So what you're going to do is you're going to write me in a secret or Emily. You're just going to reach out to us on Instagram or via email, however you want. Smoke signal. Probably don't do that. We can't read those. Um, but uh, you're going to write that in. I'm going to mail this to you. And then you're going to simply add your favorite red wine, preferably from Northern Lights Estate Winery, because let's be honest, they have some great wine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're going to add that to a pot with a spice kit that I'm going to mail you. You're going to bring that to a gentle boil, reduce the heat, let it simmer for about 20 minutes, and then you're going to add more sugar if you want. You serve that in a mug, because it's going to be hot. And then you can garnish with an orange slice and a cinnamon stick. You got yourself some mulled wine. I really wish that directions would be a little bit more original these days and say something like 18 minutes and 34 seconds. Right. Where it's like 20, like, mm, yeah, I don't know. Boring. Uh, but you know what? If you're not into mulled wine, that's cool too. I still want to hear your secret. So I got a barbecue brush, which I mean, I don't know if you're barbecuing in the winter, but it is the North. So if anywhere would, it would be us. Um, or if you're having trouble opening those bottles of wine, I've been there. We also have a wine cork. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, a, a wine opener, but it also comes with a bottle opener and a knife. Oh, like a tiny little knife. Oh, that must be to cut the. Yeah, I think that's like if you have like bougie wine where it comes in like a, a wrapper. Uh, but it's like it's solid, like it's heavy. Like usually when I get a wine opener, it's like this is half plastic. This one's like full on metal. Let me let me touch it. I'm going to let you touch it. Oh, she's 
hefty. Yeah. It's got some weight to it, some give. It could be used as a projectile if you need to throw something at someone. Use it as a weapon. Yeah, don't do it unless you need to. But Obviously. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so those are some things that I'm trying to bribe you with to tell me your secrets. Uh, and, you know, you can tell us if we want us to remain, keep it anonymous, or we can name you. Preferably not, though, because I don't really want this to be a doxing podcast. And um, don't send us your crimes. Yeah, please don't send me your crimes. I will cry, and then I will tell the police. Yeah, we will narc on you. Yeah, we will. Um, we're, we're white people. What did you expect? Exactly. Um, okay, well, uh, you know what? That is uh, that is some, hopefully, something that will uh, inspire sh- you to share your secrets. Um, I don't know if I have any fun secrets. I will, however, tell you, here's, you know what? Here's the fourth corner of this podcast. Okay. Ted Corner. Ted Corner? Ted Corner. So my dog is named dog Teddy. Ted? Yeah. So... My sister, as I talked about in the last podcast, had been staying with us um, with her her daughter. And um, I don't know why, but apparently how my sister likes to transport things is purely... In her butt? No. She's not you. Uh, She likes purely reusable shopping bags. Oh, that's good for her. Yeah, right? Does she think she's better than us? Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, screw you, Gwen. Uh, Yeah, Gwen. Yeah. Hippie. Right? Well, she totally... Aaron, her daughter has a forest themed themed nursery of course she's a hippie and also she was tree planting last year not the point so i come home the other day from work and um it's i've noticed that there's a few things kind of along the floor which i don't like to keep things on the floor i'm very much i've got ocd which i mean just because you have ocd doesn't mean you have to have things organized but it helps um but uh yeah so there's some things that are on the floor that were not on the floor when i left that morning okay uh and i was like that's weird and then teddy comes out from the bedroom and he's happy but he's got his head and torso stuck in a reusable shopping bag what? handle and he's all happy about it he's like oh my gosh hi nice to see you and i'm like he's like he's just, like, like casually like nothing's happening but he's like oh my gosh hi dad and then like but he's the got, deer but like he's the got halloween deer that stole maybe. those christmas or stole those halloween decorations yeah well maybe he was trying to hide himself but yeah no so so at first i didn't know how to get this off him because he had like his torso and arm so it was underneath like you know when dogs get the leash stuck under their elbow or mm-hmm. your arm their armpit so he really had that annoying. but also yeah no it's super annoying ted does it all the time uh but he got stuck in that and then i was like all right so i, I got him unstuck everything was fine i thought everything was fine the next day everything was okay yesterday i come home and he's stuck in another fucking <laughs> reusable bag <laughs> And he, of course, comes from the bedroom and he acts like everything's fine. He's like, hi, dad. And then he's got this reusable shopping bag and it's got like cornstarts and shit in it. I'm like, what's wrong with you? So I'm hoping when I come home tonight that he's not stuck in a fucking shopping bag. Text me if he is. I will. Uh, He also likes to wake me up at 3 a.m. when it snows. So because he wants to go outside and eat the snow. Because he doesn't like he'll sit. So he last year he woke me up at 3 a.m. I went outside and I was like, oh crap, he's got to pee. So I, I brought him out immediately, starts Liar. eating the snow, and he smacks his lips like obnoxiously. So he's like, just looking you dead in the eye. Yeah. And sitting in a love snowbank. It. Anyway, I love him. He's a beautiful boy. Drives me nuts. Well, let's talk about some other things we love. Let's hear a word from our sponsors. Okay. <laughs> Learn more about the major stories happening in Fort St. John and beyond with Moose Talks. Host Dub Craig sits down with experts and leaders in our region to provide updates on major projects that impact Northeast BC. Listen live every Friday at 10 a.m. on 100.1 Moose FM or catch up wherever you get your podcasts. 
Go to energeticcity.ca slash moose talks for more information. Check out all of our podcasts. Go to energeticcity.ca slash podcasts. All right, Spencer, today I'm going to do a little chit chat about web sleuths, web sleuthing, if you will. Oh, yeah. Fun fact I am actually a registered member of web sleuths. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, I like the web sleuths.com? Yeah, web sleuths.com. I, I have an account. I haven't solved anything, but. Are you listed as a like an expert in any topic? No. Okay. When I joined, I was not an expert on it. I guess now I could list myself as like an investigative journalist, but like I haven't been on there in a while. I just wanted to see what was up. Web sleuthing is basically like DIY investigating, like I mean, the new age DIY investigation. Pretty much, yeah. Web sleuths um, technically um, are those who collect and relate information on actual or potential crimes to law enforcement. They're professional narcs. They are. <laughs> they are me as a child, <laughs> relaying the information. You, of but the web expired. wasn't really a thing. So you were just like you were straight up. You were analog sleuthing. Like you yeah. were just walking up to license plates and be like, "Oh, that's expired." I was just being a, a douche, narking on people with expired license plates. Uh, some things never change. Well, there's lots of ways that the public can actually help solve crimes, and one of those ways is web sleuths, and they do that by either data mining. They share photos of lost loved ones, crowdsourcing information on suspects, conducting genealogy research on victims and suspects, and, you know, a a plethora of activities in order to help solve and prevent crimes. Okay, I'm going to stop you there. For those who don't know, what's data mining? Data mining, that would be where you're going through a whole bunch of information and trying to find... What, what is data mining? What is... What do, I, know, I don't even know see, what data here's mining the thing. is. Data mining, when I think about it, I always thought it was like... Data mining, for me, judging from my background, when I was in radio school, they were talking about advertising. Okay. And advertisers will actually go data mining and find little... Uh, like, like data about their customers. So, fun fact... If you have a Google account and you use Google Chrome, mm-hmm. you can actually go and find all the data that Google thinks it has on you. I went and did this once and it was just like, it was the weirdest. Fa- like, so okay, I was, let me go on I right was now. interested in men's issues, women's issues, bottled water of all things. Like it was just all these weird little things that you can kind of pull up. How and, do you find that out? Uh, I'm going to Google that real quick. Yeah. Google it. The police can only promote a missing person so much. It usually takes social media to step in and the public to really get the word out and put pressure on authorities. Mm-hmm. These web sleuths are more often to work in groups such as Reddit, the Jane Doe Network, or Tumblr than working on solving crimes by themselves. The fascination with web sleuthing goes beyond the fascination of true crime. And some studies have shown that the main motive for web sleuthing was actually to achieve justice or closure. This motive was followed closely with the desire to uncover new leads and information, and because the web sleuths responding were once victims themselves. Oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Some other motives for web sleuthing could be fascination with the case, or to assist victims and the victim's family. Maybe they've been a victim themselves. Like we said before, they want to uncover new leads, achieve justice, or they maybe want to name or shame a suspect, okay. which we'll get into that. Interesting. Web sleuthing efforts have not gone unnoticed. Just recently, due to the podcast The Murder Squad with Paul Holes and Billy Jensen. Such a good podcast. I mean, I'm having a hard time because of the allegations against against, uh, Billy Jensen, which if you want to... It's actually canceled now, the podcast. Oh, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, because a private citizen actually became the reason why a cold case was solved through The Murder Squad. Oh. 
The Murder Squad podcast, it enlists the aid of its listeners to help solve crimes. And one listener did just that when she used her genealogy skills to track down three unidentified bodies that were found in 1985 in Allenstown, New Hampshire. She was able to link these unidentified victims to their long-lost family and even reconnected one surviving victim with her biological family. Ooh. That is such... It is Look into that one. It is such a wild, wild, sad, sad story. Another online group helped check down an animal killer and future murderer, Lucas Magnata. This was a Canadian case. This group saw signs of escalation and fear that this man would graduate from killing animals to humans, which is exactly what happened. End quote. Miss McDonald, a member of the group who solved this case, said her small team had members working from around the world, from Australia to Europe to the United States and Canada, allowing the group to capitalize on their various time zones and to literally keep track of Mr. Magnata 24 hours a day. She said that some of her co-investigators were skilled in the art of the technical hunt. Think tracking computer IP addresses or tracing his locations using data embedded in iPhones, some of the photos that he posted online, all those sorts of things. Some had valuable connections in the animal activist or law enforcement communities. Still others, like her, had mastered how to almost think like him, she said. Their work proved to be invaluable to the law enforcement and the public. They really helped solve that case. They were able to look at things such as the sockets in the walls to find out what location he was at. Oh, yeah. See, that's that that's that thing where you're just kind of looking at rent. Like you're just pretty much taking anything that you can, right? So like you're yeah. like, oh yeah, judging from this photo. Going back to uh, to the Google thing. So if you go into uh, your Google account, there's actually there's a shocking. This is not sponsored by Google, obviously, but like if you go into your Google account, there's like a plethora of stuff that you can do with it, which I think is really cool. So what you can do is if you have personalized ads on, which if you haven't turned it off, you likely do. I have it on. And it will tell you all the ad topics that they give to you, but also you can find about out what they know about you. So right now, my Google account knows that I am a male 18 to 24 years old and that I speak English. They know that I'm, well, they think that I'm single. I'm not. Um, they know my average of my, or they know what my income is which apparently is average or lower <laughs> thank you google um <laughs> education <laughs> not enough info i don't know if that's a statement on me or whatever they also don't know what my industry is despite um registering with them as a journalist uh they don't know enough about my employer size my home ownership home ownership info or my parenting oh it knows that i'm not a parent which fair enough um, but you can actually like go in and you can customize your ads. So they actually, so the ones that they choose for me is, uh, I've just, so I've just started looking at flights home for Christmas. Okay. So they're looking at advertising me, hotels, motels and resorts, air travel, uh, music education, business news and media, gifts, fitness, uh, office stuff, because I've been trying to like find a planner, mm-hmm. clothing, vision because i'm blind rental listings because i'm moving you guys are all learning a, a bunch about me uh but essentially <laughs> if uh, anyone wants to murder yeah, you if anybody wants to murder to me to um you, you can go ahead and teach me some vehicle parts and accessories uh some food service industry i don't know why handbags and purses are on there mine's, <laughs> but... mine's quite on on par it's female it says two languages mm-hmm. uh relationship married income it says moderately high bachelor's degree industry healthcare, which isn't correct employer sides large employer homeowner and a parent it's 
well, they know. But it's super interesting. And if that's something that you don't like, you can actually turn that off. Um, so if you need help, uh, I guess, I don't know, Google it. Uh, but also, it's actually pretty easy. Once you get into your data and personalization um, settings, and if you don't know, ask one of your younger family members. They'll be able to do it for you. I would volunteer to do that, but I don't need a bunch of people in my DMs asking me to do it. So anyway, they're able to tell. But I remember it used to be a lot more robust when I was in, yeah, when I was in university because I didn't have it really monitored or off. But yeah, it was like your interest women's interests men's interests bottled water and all these other things where i'm like i don't know if i've ever googled bottled water uh i think i was reading about nestle like taking a bunch of water out from like like indigenous lands or something like that so i was was pretty upset about it uh i think that was mostly in the states though um but anyway yeah uh you can find out a lot about Somebody by their Google account, apparently. Uh, You apparently work in healthcare. Neither of us knew that. But apparently, according to Google. We both do. Yeah. All right. Uh, So, yeah, Web Sleuth. It's super interesting that, uh, yeah, the, the, the documentary, Don't Fuck With Cats, because you do find these people that, like, I have a hard time because there was one, and I don't think it was a, uh, Don't Fuck With Cats, but it was another one where they were, oh, it was the Hotel Cecil one where they were talking about yes. um, uh, yep. the woman who passed away in the L.A. Uh, what hotel. What was her name? Um I forget. Elisa Lamb. Yes. Yeah. So she's actually a resident of Vancouver. Yes. And she was found in this hotel in LA. And they pretty much went on a, I would say, a wild goose chase. I didn't watch that one. I didn't like it. I felt like the people that were like, well, the police are telling us this thing and I know it's this. And then they ended up being wrong. Where it's like a healthy distrust of organizations and people in power is a good thing. But when you, yeah, anyway. We're going to get into that as well. Okay. Yeah. Uh, It's a good thing, but maybe sometimes to the detriment of other things. Mm-hmm. But I will let Emily continue because I've been interrupting her solidly pretty much since we started this podcast, but... That's what you're here for. I guess, yeah. Another case, uh, Spencer, that comes to mind is the Golden State Killer. Oh, uh, yeah. It was actually solved by Detective Paul Holes, mm-hmm. but there was a lot of private citizen involvement and many others devoted to solving that crime. Absolutely. Many spent years data mining and trying to prove their theories. They would look through um, phone books... The young listeners might not know what a phone book is, but they would look through all the phone books of people living in that area at that time, trying to correlate them with things. It, I miss phone books. Oh, bless them. Do you remember when the phone book used to come out every year? And then they were like, they were like as thick as Sears catalogs, I, I was just which is another say, thing that people, if you don't know what a phone book is, you probably don't know what the Sears catalog is. The holiday Sears catalog. <laughs> oh my God. You go through and you circle, you every circle everything that you wanted. Want. It's so much get, easier. Like, two of the things. Yeah. You'd think you'd get all the things. But I never don't. thought I was going to get all the things. I have a twin sister. Like, I knew I wasn't getting all the things. I keep forgetting you have a twin. Yeah, that's the one who had the kid. And then I look at her and I'm just like, you decided to have a kid? I have a dog and a cat. Blessed. And a cis male boyfriend. So, I mean, ultimately, Beautiful. also a kid. No, he's, yeah, he's lovely. Also a kid. He takes out the garbage sometimes. <laughs> nice. Well, that Golden State Killer case was finally solved through DNA genealogy. But the efforts of a Michelle McNamara didn't go unnoticed such a shame i, I don't know. know if anybody who doesn't if anyone doesn't know who michelle mcnamara was google she her. google her but she was also the wife of Patton oswald yep. and she wrote uh i'll be gone in the dark i'll be gone in the dark is an amazing book she was an amazing woman she tragically actually accidentally overdosed on sleeping pills yeah and right, be- before the case was solved yeah yeah and before her book was finished and before the book was finished so i think that uh i think it was it wasn't Billy Jensen that wrote the foreword for that, was it? It, um... Oh, there shoot, was, it might have been. There was a Paul Holes... Uh, not... No, there was Paul... Um, after she died... After she died, a few people got together 
and finish writing the book for her. I believe there was a, not Paul Holes, the detective who solved the crime, but there was also another another Paul who was an investigator. Uh, He did some of that as well. But yeah, no, really, really tragic death on that one. It was really sad. Um, it's got an afterword that, that so the, the book has a, well, first off, it was reviewed by Stephen King. So, I mean, okay. if you're going to release a book, that's probably like the highest praise that you can get. It's got an afterword by Patton Oswalt, which is her husband. Uh, yeah. He's since remarried and the kid. Oh, and, really? Yeah, yeah. So he actually, he did remarry like, I think two years afterwards. Okay. Um, and, you know, he, he they have a, uh, Michelle and Patton had a child and yeah. just a really sad case. But, one woman, uh, essentially, it's, it's marketed as one woman's obsessive search for the Golden State Killer. Mm-hmm. I'll Be Gone in the Dark, it's a good book. Please read it. Um, and, yeah. No, and it's just one of those books that shows how the private citizen can actually help and aid in yeah. solving crimes. If you think that you can't help in solving crimes, well, by telling yourself that, you're, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you think that you can't, then you're right. But if you think that you can, well, you could be right. What do you think about RCMP letting citizens help more with solving crimes, like collecting information, databases, putting it into, um, I believe it's a, called the Vicler system. It's a, a violent offender system. They, they don't have the manpower to do that on their own. I believe it's a really lengthy process. So when a crime comes in and then they're putting in all the details, it's used to like cross-reference, you know, so they can see if there's like a theme happening or mm-hmm. like a pattern. They they don't have the manpower to do it on their own. What if we had people come in, basically just? I think administrative wise, like if yeah. it's just administrative data entry jobs, I think that I don't see a reason why citizens couldn't do that. Now another thing that would be nice and uh, reading, it's a book called The Highway of Tears. Uh, a True Story of Racism, Indifference, and the Pursuit of Justice for Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women and Girls. It's by journalist Jessica McDiarmid. Um, And one of the things that they spoke about was uh, a lot of the time, what the problem with these crimes, specifically the Highway of Tears, is that A, unfortunately the police don't take it seriously, and two, police don't communicate information enough. And often to the detriment yeah. of of their investigations, and as you know, as a as a private citizen, this is how I'm going to comment: as a private citizen, that frustrates me because it's not like they're not a publicly funded, public facing institution. They're not the CIA. We're not in the day and age where we don't have the means in which to do this. If all the information could be put in to one location and can be sourced from like throughout all of Canada and the States. Yeah. It'd be amazing. Like with the golden state killer, they had all these different counties within California that weren't even communicating. Mm-hmm. They didn't want to at the time. And this was back in what the 70s. They're very 80s, like but. historically, I mean, especially in the police in the States. I don't know. I can't comment on RCMP because I really haven't looked at it. Me either. Um, and you know, I have a working relationship with these people, so be respectful but uh, you know police in the states are very territorial and you see that even in uh the night stalker documentary on netflix about richard ramirez was they almost lost the guy because they didn't want the people in san francisco to talk after they spent all this time on this case and and that's not the mind state or the head space that you need to be in when you're solving these crimes because your number one goal it doesn't matter who gets the credit who gets the medals it's to get the guy off the street and if you're looking even at statistics, like the more information that you get into that one system, mm-hmm. the more it can benefit everything to solve crimes. You can find patterns. Uh, I know they've looked into like, what, what did they say? How many serial killers they thought were active in the States? And it was thousands. Oh, yeah, it was thousands. And the thing is, is because, and it's easy. 
and it happens all the time, is because, especially if they're being overly territorial, they can just up and move to another state. They're not. They're going to have no idea. So there needs to be some kind, because we're at the point now, we, ha- we have the technology. We do. But even in the states, they still don't have all the information put in to share between people. And it, well, it stalls investigations. And, and kills them, frankly. Exactly. They go cold. Alberta actually has a program called the Citizens on Patrol. It's a provincial program sponsored by the Alberta Citizens on Patrol Association. Is it kind of <laughs> like Neighborhood Watch? That's what I was actually kind of uh, Have you ever seen one, those, those old Neighborhood Watch I tried signs? to find one. I tried to find one to put on Instagram, and I remember them. And I also remember people putting them in their windows. Mm-hmm. But then, what if that was the serial killer or the murderer putting that in their window? See, that's the thing. See, that's another thing. But also, you could you could do that with... I mean, there have been police officers that exactly. have been serial killers. So, like, I mean, who... You know? Uh, anyway, I'm going to try and find a neighborhood watch. Sign. The purpose of that um, program... The purpose of that program was to assist in crime prevention within urban communities through organized night or daytime patrols. So, yes, very much like the neighborhood watch. Uh, it was a voluntary program. involves community residents who work with a local RCMP detachment to develop a suitable patrolling program. And I can't leave out one way that everyone can help solve crimes, and that's through genealogy... It's it's literally a way that anyone could possibly help so- solve a crime. Okay, so hold on. Because when I think genealogy, I think 23andMe. Yes. Okay, like, it could be 23andMe. It could be Ancestry.ca. So I am thinking of the right thing. I'm not... What actually... There's actually a program and a site called GEDmatch where you upload your raw DNA, which you can actually download from whatever site that you have your genealogy results from say such as that 23andme or ancestry.ca you upload that uh you upload that raw dna to gedmatch mm-hmm. and you give them permission so that when they run a criminal's dna through their system if you pop up they can contact you and figure out what kind of connection you have to that criminal by doing some seriously deep investigating like that woman like that web sleuther did with the uh, allenstown murders right um, yeah and or the Golden State Killer. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. And I'm just going to... I don't want to be the token white guy that wants to play devil's advocate because I. this is what stops me from putting my DNA in a database. I guarantee you're going to say exactly what I've written down. Okay. Um, what if I don't trust... And I... With privacy and mm-hmm. digital attacks these days, like, they happen. I'm not trying to, you know, put some moral outrage or panic in here. But you know, they do happen. And I don't... You know, one of my rights is that I don't have to give a DNA sample unless I'm suspected Mm -hmm. and i literally wrote i know people are going to hate this because they will think the government's going to use their dna against them i don't think that the government is going to do it because like let's be honest trudeau has better things to do than fuck me around like a hacker not even a hacker but like what if your grandmother well no my grandmother wouldn't she's i mean we share dna but that what if i just don't want my dna out there like what if what if so they they have to store this information right like yes I don't, personally, I don't know what blood type I am, but I don't need fucking Google to know what blood type I am to market me vitamins that will help me. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe I do, maybe I do. But the thing is, is like that, that's the thing. Where does, where's the, the, the line end on that? Right? Like, are they selling my data? Or what happens if you commit a crime in the future? Well, I don't plan on it. You don't plan on it. But what if, what if you had a child and your child committed a crime? Well, 
I'm going to nip that in the bud and say that I physically cannot have children, nor do I want to. Perfect. But nor should you. I, you know what? Honestly, they're, they're well. Okay, I thought they're you were just okay. saying me personally should not have kids. No, which not I, you. I fully agree with as well. Uh, there's enough mental illness in this world, but um, <laughs> you know that's the thing is like, and and it could help solve crimes, but I think that ultimately people need to do with what they're comfortable with. So I wouldn't say the web sleuthing is all good, Spencer, because sometimes people have been wrongfully accused online and Mm -hmm. that can even ruin their lives. Which you will see if you watch the Don't Fuck With Cats documentary. Mm -hmm. Because even if they didn't do it, it puts that seed of doubt into people's minds. Or by releasing police locations on social media when they're trying to catch a suspect. That suspect could literally look on social media and find out what the cops are doing. So when people are like uploading like live streaming or taking photos and adding them to like those the what the fuck Fort St. John Dawson Creek page, they could be giving away a cop's location and then location and like significant information that is helping on that. Yeah. So that's the balance that I try to strike when, you know, working as a journalist, because I mean, there is there is the public's inherent right to know. Mm -hmm. But then there are also people that are trying to do covert operations and and, you know other other things so, but except for the one guy that i met the one the, one yeah, CIA exactly. agent. the guy who's just flapping his lips on a plane and has beautiful eyes yeah i mean apparently he can just do whatever he wants but you know like there is there's a balance for sure but i mean ultimately the public does have a right to know what i don't like and if you do this please stop doing it and i used to see it in terrace all the time if you see a cop that's trying to catch drunk drivers don't post on facebook that there's a cop there mm. if you're driving drunk sorry you deserve to be caught mm-hmm. uh it used to drive me nuts. Also, I'm going to flip my screen around. I'm going to show you the, the neighborhood watch sign that I always think of. Oh, it's, it's, just, good. I, I, it's like nostalgia. A bunch, a bunch of little heads. Oh, yeah. yeah. We used to have that in my neighborhood. And then my other favorite one is uh, the guy, the, the really sketchy looking guy that looks like he's about to sell you a watch. I love that they can't. They, they have no idea what we're looking at. We'll put it online. We will. But we will. If you're, you but know, like, above 30, you like definitely should know this one. Oh, that, that guy! One? That the cr- creepy... he does look like he's about to sell you a, a, a Rolex knockoff. Yeah, he's going to open station. up that cape, and he's going to be like, "At first, it's free, but come at first see it's me free, but also more. it comes with a crack pipe, and you can have that too." Yes, yep, love that for him. Yeah, no, I don't. Or um, side by sides, or this Spencer. community is protected by Neighborhood Watch. Neighborhood Watch is a great program. Um, also, I mean, I think that there are now that I think about it, because you can have what are they called? auxiliary police officers where they are citizens they don't have the training but they do still do like patrols okay there's a lot of online issues with web sleuthing as well when people are doing posting side-by-side photos of suspects Mm -hmm. victims that's just another way you know you're even if they really think this person did it they don't know yet and like you still ruin their lives well here's the thing with online because i have a hard time because obviously i think that everybody has a right to investigate whatever they want to mm-hmm. um and the more information almost the better but sometimes depends it's a slippery much. slope as well as i think that the average person if you're going to be doing investigations you need to be aware of the biases that you have in your head and one mm. of those big things that you need to take a step back from is that confirmation bias mm. and you see this all the time you know um well this means this well how do you know that you know well this is here and I'm saying that this is here. Well, you, you need to have something else to back it up. Just because there's a report on this doesn't mean like, you know. So, you know, and I've done I've done a few investigations. And it's something that you have to be aware of while you're doing it and asking those open-ended questions. And also, if this means something to you, take a step back. What else could it mean? You need to be asking those questions because otherwise that's a flawed investigation and you will ruin someone's life. 
there was a podcast called Hide and Seek, and he was, I think, an insurance salesman, and he decided to do an investigative podcast on a um, murder close to his town, I think maybe in Seattle or somewhere in Washington. Right, somewhere in the Pacific Northwest where all the murders happened. Yes, yeah. And I talked to him on the phone because I thought I had myself a little theory as well. And he, you know, just takes it apart. And he's like, okay, well then, and then what happened next? 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 And, then, and I was like, oh, well. Uh, oh, uh, 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 uh. Uh. Turns out he actually got a confession from someone from that podcast. They recanted their confession later on. Mm-hmm. But it was someone who I don't even think was really on the radar at all, but from the podcast. And that's even, I guess, like that's, you know, vigilante detectives in itself. And through his podcast, he was able to stir up enough frenzy in the small town, spook the guy, scare him. He ends up coming clean or someone remembers something. They bring it forward. Whew. Exactly. So there's there's a lot of like loaded things when it comes to that. And I think that if you are a web sleuth or somebody that does want to do their own investigation, know that it is more than finding the answers. You also need to question yourself. And I think that the more you question yourself and you find those answers, then that's going to hold up when someone else questions those answers. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to look, you know, if you've never questioned yourself and you have this hypothesis, it needs to, you need to be able to defend it. And in a way that's level headed. Um, Anyway, that's my soapbox. I love if you're it. doing an investigation, question yourself constantly. And if if you're not sure and you think that maybe you're being biased or maybe you're not, ask someone else. It's really helpful to ask somebody who's not familiar at all with the, with the situation. Exactly. Because then that's the average person and they're going to tell you what they think or not and if you're on the right track or not. Uh, whether that person has experience or is into true crime or not, usually I just run it past my grandmother with everything that I do. Bless her heart. She's so great. So where do these web sleuths, like, because I know that there's websleuths.com. Okay. But where do, you know, there's obviously a network of these sleuths. Like, what platform do you usually find them on? There's so many. We've got Reddit. We've got the Jane Doe Network. I I actually... Oh, or Tumblr, I see. Tumblr, yeah. And I'll go on the Jane Doe Network and... You can look at various bodies that have been found, um, and they'll have different descriptions about them. So you can search within a specific time frame if you're looking for a missing person. Mm -hmm. I've spent hours trying to correlate um, missing people. You just look like Charlie Day from Always Sunny, where you're just like... Yeah, don't look at my history. Yeah, exactly. I would never look at your... It's just butts and then true crime. Exactly. So you can do that. You can also be like an expert on specific websites. So if you are a, like you said, investigative journalist, you can post that. If you have some sort of forensic knowledge, et cetera, not even just that, but it could be any, like any expertise you have because they might be like, oh, well, we really need to know about butts and they call me, <laughs> right? Like Exactly. Are you going to put on your website profile that you're, an, uh, you're a butt expert? I am. People are going to take you so seriously. They will. Yeah. You don't even have to do this online and on your own. Sometimes even just putting a tip into, say, Crime Stoppers can mm-hmm. help solve a crime. Yeah. According to Canadian Crime Stoppers, 198,258 arrests have been made due to the information the public has given to law enforcement, showing that private citizens do, in fact, help solve crime. And that was in 2019. So that's my non-episode on web sleuthing i mean we just kind of touched on the little tip of it i like to say but yeah. all right well you know we talked about motives for for web sleuthing 
what would you say is your primary motive? Because clearly... Solving crime. Okay. So, so yeah, solving crime. But I, you, you've got a list here. So is it A, to achieve justice or closure, to uncover leads? You've been a victim before. You want to name and shame a suspect. You're fascinated with the case. Or you want to assist victims or their families. Achieve justice. Through, through which any means, if that's like by gathering more leads, et cetera. Yeah. But basically the end goal for me would be to see somebody arrested and prosecuted for the crime. Yeah. I mean, I, ultimately, I like to see people held for, accountable for their actions. So. Bye, boy, bye. Bye. Bye, um, bye Felicia. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that was really interesting. Because I know you. that, like, I'd, I'd done it. And there was one, I first heard about Web Sleuth from uh, BuzzFeed Unsolved. They were talking about, okay. I think they were talking about D.B. Cooper. Oh, there's a fascinating um, That's, I love Netflix that. documentary on that. I need to watch that, yeah. They actually, some people have thought that D.B. Cooper was a smoke jumper. This has been really interesting. I really like, I, I've been enjoying these episodes, uh, but um, yeah, I guess ultimately interesting. Uh, if you do these investigations, make sure that you're not in an echo chamber of your own because mm-hmm. then things don't happen very well. Mm-hmm. Investigations you, cannot be done by one person alone. If you have information, yeah, and give if you it to un- the police. If you uncover information, like this person's like, I straight up murdered this lady, probably pass that on to the authorities. Like, do don't it. do not do that yourself. And, and don't just make random accusations online with people's names and side-by-side photos and ruining their lives. Yeah, give remember the that these authority. are people and their lives, you know, just because you see it on a monitor or a screen mm-hmm. and that, you know, they're not a real person to you, this is a real person um, and with lives that will need to live with the aftermath of your accusation. Because every time you accuse somebody, this is something my grandfather taught me, anytime you accuse somebody of something, there will be a percentage of people, even if it's proven, disproven later, there will be a percentage of people that still will believe that you've done it. Yes, exactly. That seed of doubt. Exactly. Mm. So Don't plant those seeds. Yeah, people. don't plant those seeds unless you're ready to water them. Yeah, and solve them crimes. Yeah. All right. Cool. Okay. Well, Emily, where can I find you on Instagram? You can find me at E to the underscore G if you want mediocre content. Or Love it. preferably go to Secrets of the North underscore podcast to get pictures, information, links, cool stuff butt stuff i don't know everything serotonin satisfaction Mm -hmm. with life Um, i'm just kidding uh send us your secrets if you want a mulled wine thing uh i got that but i will need your address and your secrets before i can send those out and your social insurance number no i don't i don't need that he does need it um he doesn't he doesn't (laughs) um that's a joke every time someone's like oh man be careful with your social insurance number i'm like look man if they want my credit score go ahead (laughs) it ain't good (laughs) um anyway Thank you so much for listening. Uh, if I haven't said it already, you can find me on Instagram, S-P-H-A-L-L-97. You can find some pictures of Teddy. I don't have any of him stuck in a grocery bag because I honestly, my first instinct is to get him out of the grocery bag. As it should be. But honestly, if he does it again, I'm going to because clearly he's learned nothing. He will never learn. You must shame him. I, this, this is the Even one if instance. I shame him. You should shame him online. Even if I shame him. He will not learn. No, he won't. He's a beautiful he's a dog. <laughs> he's a beautiful idiot. I love him so much. I love him too. I All love right. your grandma and I love your dog. I do I love, love my you. grandma. She just had um, throat surgery, actually. She's, She's fine. Okay. Um, but yeah, so uh, everyone sent healing thoughts to my grandmother. Uh, all right, cool. Well, all right. Thank you so much for listening. All right, bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this energeticcity.ca podcast. Energeticcity.ca is your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To help keep us independent and to support this podcast, go to energeticcity.ca slash join.